WFYI podcast brought to you by Bloomington, Indiana, an American college town offering food and drink, college sports, outdoor activities, live music, cool art, and good times daily. Everyone is welcome in Bloomington. More information at visitbloomington.com. So much for the showbiz maxim, always leave them wanting more, at least in regard to legislative dramas. Last week, when the General Assembly's 2018 session faded to black, no one rolled any credits, just plenty of complaints and unflattering critiques about why a number of key measures died in the session's chaotic final hours. Almost immediately, Republican leaders in the House accused their Senate counterparts of wasting precious time, and they faulted House Democrats for engaging in what they viewed as intentional foot-dragging. Senate Republicans blamed GOP negotiators in the House, including one, they said, who had an 11th hour meltdown. And Democrats, who are way outnumbered in both the House and the Senate, saved their harshest reviews for the chamber's Republican majorities and a closing scene that failed to tie up several major storylines. Now, like a director emerging from an overwhelmingly negative test screening, the General Assembly is eager to come up with a new ending. And Governor Eric Holcomb seems willing to oblige with the promise of a short, and he hopes targeted, special session sometime in May. Hi, I'm John Schwannis, and on this edition of Indiana Lawmakers, we'll look back and ahead with four State House journalists who pretty much followed every plot twist this session. Indiana Lawmakers, from the State House to your house. Purdue researchers are advancing manufacturing industries by developing 3D additive methods, leading through innovation and job creation. Purdue Research Foundation. Contact innovation at prf.org. Well, at this point, I'd love to be able to offer a spoiler alert. Unfortunately, there's no telling with absolute certainty precisely how this year's legislative cliffhanger will be resolved. If anybody can make sense of the still-evolving plot, however, it's the expert panel joining me for this, the final show of Indiana Lawmakers' 37th season. I'm joined by Brandon Smith, State House Bureau Chief for Indiana Public Broadcasting and host of Indiana Week in Review, which incidentally airs on many of these same public television and radio stations. Nikki Kelly, State House Bureau Chief for the Fort Wayne Journal-Gazette. Eric Berman, State House Bureau Chief and Political Reporter for WIBC Radio and Network Indiana, and Haley Colombo, Government and Education Reporter for the Indianapolis Business Journal. Thank you all for being here to help 
Makes sense. Of, <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't know uh, if I would go that far. Yeah, yeah exactly. but, uh, you know, when we had legislative leadership here last week, it was just hours after the, uh, the gavel had fallen, and I think uh, through sleep deprivation we had some unusual candor, but I'm, I'm still not sure if anybody was uh, necessarily armed with all the information about the session, and maybe we still aren't. But, you know, it's, do you think this session will be remembered, Brandon, for the first nine weeks, uh, you know, five days and X number of hours, or for the last uh, hour, or should we say even fewer minutes than I that? I think in the minds of maybe lobbyists, lawmakers, and, and those of us who cover the State House, we'll remember it probably most for the way it ended. But I think for the average Hoosier, it's going to be Sunday sales. Uh, lawmakers tried to downplay the significance of that bill. At least most lawmakers did publicly. Uh, the legislative leadership, oh, you know, it's what Hoosiers want, but it's not the signature achievement of Even though it was an emergency that had to yes, be it was an emergency uh, yeah. that uh, well, uh, didn't have to wait until July 1st uh, for that one. No, I, I think for the average Hoosier, if they think of the 2018 legislative session, it will be the year Sunday sales finally became legal. Well, do Hoosier voters then care about the sort of the blame game that's the was going on, and it's still going on a little bit. Does it, is that assignment of blame of any value at this point, do you think? Well, I will say the post-midnight uh, press conferences that night were pretty phenomenal in, like you said, their candor. I, I honestly hadn't seen anything like that. As far as your question is, will Hoosiers remember it? I know I'm getting calls and emails, not necessarily about whose blame it is. They don't care whose blame it is. What they care about is that they're having to come back, and we're going to pony up a hundred grand or whatever it is, thirty thousand dollars a day for a special session when the governor, the House, and the Senate are all controlled by one party. And so it just screams that they it, it, it was just clumsy. And I'm not sure they care who whose fault it was. They're just annoyed by it. And it's a notion, pox on all their houses a little bit. And it's that notion that tax dollars are going to go to spend uh, to finance this <laughs> special session, even though it seems like uh, uh, leadership uh, in both parties. They're rushing to uh, outdo one another in terms of giving uh, their per diem and their money uh, from the special session either to, you know, uh, groups that support, advocate for foster care and, and at-risk children in one case or veterans and their families yeah. in another. I should say this, though, about the money thing. They are absolutely taxpayer dollars that otherwise would not necessarily have been spent this year, but we're not or they're not planning on, on appropriating new dollars for this. It's within existing budgets. As the governor's office said to me, every year the House and Senate, uh, when we close out the books on a fiscal year, the House and Senate send money back to the state because they don't spend all of what they're given from the state budget. They're expecting them to still send money back this year, just not quite as much as they normally do. So, I mean, do you think it, uh, is it the crisis that requires a special session? You know, we had a difference of opinion even in leadership. Brian Bosma, the House Speaker, you know, was saying that night the Republic will not dissolve because we don't have these bills. Uh, and the, basically the ones that were left, there were several, but the ones that got the most attention, there was the gun bill, which uh, uh, certainly that's, that's a but favorite that of some. But that didn't really die the same way. And that's not, it didn't die the same way, and that's also not the one certainly that the governor is saying he wants to, everybody to reconvene in, in May. That would be for school funding for school violence, uh, additional funding. Uh, for uh, other schools that are in dire straits in terms of some ability to, to uh, borrow money and perhaps even use TAP state funds to have capital projects that are ostensibly designed to protect students from gunmen and other uh, types of, of violence. Um, and then there's the bringing Indiana's tax code in line with the feds so you don't have to 
we, you know, heaven forbid we have to do the whole thing twice to figure out your adjusted income uh, on two sheets and with two, two forms. Um, which of that uh, do you think, Eric, is the one that really brought this back, or is it just the notion they feel that they need to have some sense of completion here? I think voters? it's debatable whether they would have come back without that tax bill, but that tax bill really is a big problem, and it's a, you know, nobody likes to do their taxes once. If you have to do it twice, now imagine that you're a business where your tax forms are not simple, and you've got to work through them all the way. That's something that they have to do every year. It's an automatic bill. This year, the changes are bigger than usual because of the tax reform bill. And so they had a lot to get done and didn't do it. That, that really is the one that triggered it. If it were just school safety, if it were just the Muncie schools, although the Muncie schools would have been uh, wondering, what do we do next? If it were just those two, I'm not sure they come back. But with the tax bill, I'm not sure they had a choice. And as it turns out, Muncie may get, with a special session, the $12 million of, of borrowing authority that they need or the money that they, they could use. Um, the, uh, so, okay, so maybe it's the tax bill that, that got everybody back. And that's certainly what the governor has said he wants to focus on, that and, and the, the school funding uh, issue, but not the other things that we talked about, including the autonomous vehicle regulation, which actually was part of his. When he had his easel up the other day, with the che that was one of the X's, not the checkbox. The, so, the only X. And I guess he's, he's saying that uh, uh, he's, he's showing good faith by saying, even my priority I'm keeping off the table. Is that going to fly? Because I, is, in terms of House and Senate rules, correct me if I'm wrong, you can introduce, if you're a member, anything you want. I guess leadership doesn't necessarily have to do anything with your, your proposal, but... I don't know this for a fact, but I would imagine that they still don't have things worked out on that and they need more time to figure out what they're going to do with autonomous vehicles. If there is an arrangement that would work between, you know, if there is a, a proper balance that everyone can agree to between sort of the balance of innovation and safety, um, I would assume that that's going to take more time to hammer out. And I also wanted to say that much like Brandon said that Hoosier consumers will remember this session for the alcohol legislation, the Sunday sales, I do think if they don't come back and do a special session, Hoosier taxpayers will remember the session for the tax conformity issue that didn't get done, causing them to have to calculate their taxes essentially twice, costing them, you know, the Indiana Chamber estimated that would cost $100 million in extra tax preparation fees. I asked the state if, what they thought about that number. Um, the state's Office of Management and Budget Director, and Micah Vincent um, said that that was, he thought that that was an okay estimate, that that $100 million figure seemed like it made sense. And so I think that is, you know, if they don't do that, you know, Hoosiers will be inconvenienced. And, and then certainly, as you pointed out, the state chamber wasted no time. Kevin Brenniger, the head of the chamber, I think the release was out probably um, I don't know if the clock had struck 12, but it was, it was shortly thereafter. And that, was, and that was really the moment we all should have known that they were going to come back for a special session. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I guess the, the, we cloud, were a little the cloud busy. exists for the that's chamber. Right. If, if we you, were a little busy. If, if you true. had any, any doubt. And yet, ironically, you pointed out that's something that sort of happens every year. If you looked at the priorities that needed to be you know, ticked off, I don't think that was on anybody's really 
to-do list. I mean, everybody just sort it's of assumed because, that it was because it's, was yeah. supposed to be yeah. one of the it's, easiest it's, bills in the session. Like, oh, we got to align yeah. with the federal tax code. But you pointed out this year is bigger than right. usual. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you don't align with everything. This is why when you mm -hmm. do your state tax form, you've got the add backs and extra state deductions. And there's a few things where you say, yeah, we're not going along with that. And it was the process of deciding which ones we're going to go along with that suddenly turned this into a final day of the session issue. Um, Nikki made a great point the other day. This is the first session without Luke Kenley and Brent Hirschman. And if you have one of those two guys who've been doing this for years, they would have known which way, that, what you needed to do with that bill, what you needed to do to get to yes. But more importantly, and the speaker reemphasized this uh, earlier this week, you know how long you can go before you lay down your hand and say, we've got to put this thing to bed. You had folks who tried to push it a little bit further, to, can I get a little bit more, can I get a little bit more? and you end up with the clock running out on you and you're sitting there holding your cards. Well, if that lack of experience is what's to blame, I suppose, for the confusion, uh, we're all in trouble since I think 20 members will be relinquishing their seats. Uh, uh, and so we're going to have a, a significant change in, in the lineup, uh, regardless of how the elections turn out. So, uh, But a lot more, more time next year. More time, uh, chance for those rookies to, to figure things out, right? Um, you know, the thing, aside from alcohol and, and these few bills, a lot of the bills that got at least the greatest amount of attention, and I guess maybe because they're the, the odd bills, you know, kids can carry sunscreen, you know, without, without a doctor's uh, permit or, I mean, without a prescription in school, and, and, but you can't tattoo your eyeballs. And, and uh, you know, the, the Fireflies estate, I mean, these got a lot of attention. Uh, do you think that fuels public anger that, gee, you can't figure out how to keep me from doing my taxes twice, or do, but yet, thank goodness the firefly is now the official insect of the, the state of Indiana. Is, is, was there a danger in, in dealing with these other sorts of measures that, uh, I mean, I of course, I didn't know they weren't going to get Yeah, I done. certainly I, saw tweets throughout the session where if I would say something about the firefly or the sun, whatever, the sunscreen bill, people would say, oh, I'm glad they're really working on the important stuff. You know, you're always going to have that. But Lawmakers can indeed, you know, do double duty. They can focus on multiple bills as they do every year. So while some of these smaller ones were getting some attention because they were quirky, that doesn't mean they weren't still working on workforce development. And they did legalize CBD oil. And they did a lot of other things, too. So it's just kind of what sometimes there were slow days and those sure. quirky bills got attention on those slow yeah, days. I know. And by the I've way, some of the number of those stories myself, because I mean that quirkiness does tend to be uh, something that grabs your attention oftentimes. And, and by the way, some of the people grumbling about, boy, this is what lawmakers are spending time on, is lawmakers themselves in some cases. So uh, they had a sense of it too. I, I think part of what happened here was, I mean, We've talked about it for months, including on Indiana Week in Review, which you can watch on many of these, many of these same stations. Yeah, you've got to look at the camera when you do that in, in right. a moat. So, sure so one of the things that we've talked about a lot, all of us who cover the State House and around the State House, is you know, Brian Bosma said it in December. There's no big, shiny object for lawmakers to focus on. And I think in part because of, and even workforce development, which was theoretically the big bill, was done almost entirely behind the scenes between a very small group of lawmakers who are maybe the only ones who actually understand all of this stuff. And even then, eh. Um, so because of that, I think, there was a lack of urgency the whole session long. And so when it came up to the final couple of days where you needed to finally see that urgency, 
the Senate went home on Tuesday, the day before session ended, without doing anything on the floor, uh, really. And they were chastised and later, were chastised by, the later and, by the Speaker. And, and then the next day also for doing what, any number of honorary resolutions I mean, the House had done and others who were departing. The House had done a bunch of those, too, but they did sure. them before the final day of session. The Senate spent several hours on those resolutions on the final day of session. So I think that, that lack of urgency throughout all of the session caught up to them right at the end, where it was like, oh, we actually have to start doing stuff now. And that only started really, you only started really seeing that at like, 10.30 at night. And then they were, the like Senate that. was going through bills at what, a clip like a minute for each bill and just moving on. And was it Ryan Mishler who got up and said, this is the Conference Committee report, the House changing things, please vote for it. <laughs> well, we also Good have a situation with the workforce bill that Democrats wanted to keep debating that um, in the final vote in the House, they wanted to keep debating the Senate's workforce bill that created that new cabinet, which was pretty controversial the last week of session with the, I thought the Indiana Manufacturers Association took a sort of a rare step of not endorsing and try, telling people to vote, telling legislators to vote against a workforce bill that they, you know, this is their big issue and just because they thought it would create more bureaucracy um, and Democrats wanted to continue debating that because I do think in a, on a normal day that would have gotten that would have had a, a bigger debate in the House. And essentially, there was just no time, and so they pretty much shut it down. That, that I think, was the first moment that I was really like, this is, this is getting tense, and this might not all get finished. And, and whether Democrats in the House, for instance, intended it or not, uh, they were pretty effective in slowing down not only that measure, but some of the school, you know, they didn't want to see Gary school board cast to, you know, the, the, the trash heap, so to speak, in terms of authority. Yeah, well, and they weren't responsible for holding that bill to last, though. Not I, it, but there I mean, has been some criticism that Democrats slow walk things. But when I listened to rules, what I heard were questions like, this bill has no signatures right, on the, it. The conferees, I mean, yeah. that's a big deal. Yeah. Right. So, you, so not necessarily slow walking. It's just maybe legislating is, is, uh, is the word. But and again, it's hard to blame uh, a party when you have uh, super majorities in both chambers that effectively can, can do anything, although I've often said it's probably tougher to manage, as we've seen, a supermajority because uh, you have so many factions within, for instance, the Republican Party. Um, how much of the, 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 there had been suggestions that the, the leadership, the departure, pending departure of the Senate President Pro Tem, David Long, uh, he'll be, he's not seeking, uh, you know, doesn't want the office again. And no, he's certainly, yeah, if he, if he didn't want it before, I guess he certainly, after <laughs> the other night, he wouldn't want it now. And again, Brian Bosma said, oh, well, part of this was the jockeying that was going on for those who aspire to, to move into that role. Is, is that, an, is that legitimate criticism? And if so, is that sort of division and, and gridlock that resulted an omen of what we might expect uh, in terms of faction within the, the, that caucus uh, in years to come. Well, there may be some factionalism in the caucus. We'll, we'll have to see what the caucus looks like after November, for one thing. I'm not sure the jockeying for position played a huge role. David Long, knowing this was his last session, might have played a small role. But the big problem he had is you had a couple of bills where there was just never going to be agreement. You had to, on the self-driving vehicles bill, if that hadn't been on the governor's agenda, they probably would have said, 
you know, like the gun bill. We can't agree on this. We'll, we'll set this aside maybe next year. But the governor wanted it, and so they were trying to get a bill through. And the House and Senate conferees, Ed Soliday and Mike Kreider, were about as far apart on that as you can be and not on the kinds of issues where you can say, let's split the difference. They did eventually come up with a conference report, but I'm not convinced anybody's real happy with it. I'm sure that's why it's not on the special session agenda. If you're spending that much time trying to get that one resolved, you're spending that much time putting extra things into the tax bill and extra things into the school safety bill, tweaking when you should be sending it to the printer, that's what gets you in trouble. Basically, it was uh, Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs. They just didn't manage their time properly. And, and with, like, for instance, with school safety, that was an issue that everybody, for the most part, agreed on. But Democrats supported yeah, that, yeah. Republicans supported that. That would have passed 98 to 1. Both what chambers. Seen in Parkland, Florida, absolutely. But, but, again, you talk about that tweaking. They were creating, in addition to giving more money into an existing fund, which arguably the governor could do administratively, part of the reason you need the legislation itself is because they created a brand-new loan program out of the Common School Fund for school safety. Um, that, literally, the mechanics of how to figure that out is what pushed that bill to the deadline, and as, as, as it turned out, and not over the deadline. Um, so, again, this lack of urgency, like, how is that not something that was done two weeks ago? Um, but they, they pushed it and pushed it. And of course, in that particular case, with the, uh, it was fueled in part by the school shooting, uh, the dead Sure, but, shooting. I mean, they started, that, they started circling impetus. around yeah. the school safety stuff in the wake of that shooting, right. again, with a week part or two the left in the session. The problem that both of the House and Senate Republicans have, I think, is that they have to take every little thing to their caucus. And so they're constantly going back to caucus. Like, they don't give a lot of autonomy to the conferees to agree or not agree on particular points. And so it's just constant going back and forth on little things. And I think that was one of those things where Senate Republicans weren't happy with the where the certain common school fund minimum laid. And, you know, it, it just kept going back and forth. Well, we've, we've spent a lot of time on the last few minutes, as I, I figured we would, and as a lot of the coverage certainly has. But out of the 900 bills or so that were introduced this session, I think upwards of 200 uh, were actually uh, sent, you know, past the chambers in some way, shape, or form, whether without signatures, uh, and yeah. made it to the, the governor's those desk. Were, those all had signatures. Yeah, all those, <laughs> as far as we know. Um, and, and you mentioned that a couple of bills were significant, the, the cannabis oil uh resolution of that sort of nagging uh, issue. If, let me go around and ask you, what was, let's take, the, let's take the last day off the table and just tell me what, what's going to really affect Hoosiers uh, coming out of this session, if, any, if anything. And don't say eyeball first. tattooing, because don't tell me you were thinking of doing that. But I mean, it was, is it the thing like, is it cannabis oil? Is it the diploma? You know, we were, there was debate over whether we'd have multiple diplomas uh, in high school. You know, if you're vocational, this now. I guess in counter to what the, the school, the uh, state board of education had suggested, there will be one with multiple tracks. I, I, I think that's probably uh, a valid uh, issue. And there were a few others, I, I guess. But um, is there any takeaway from this? Now maybe this is actually answering the question about whether the session was more about the last few minutes or about what came before. Based on my page views, I can tell you that people don't really care about workforce development, but it is very important. Um, I do think that, so, you know, both um, Senator Long and Speaker Bosma and the governor have sort of, you know, I think, I think they've been 
a little annoyed that, you know, about the manufacturer saying that the bills, you know, didn't really do anything. Um, I think they're trying to say, no, these will be impactful. I think it's going to be interesting to see if these bills that were passed actually are impactful. I have no really idea, and I don't really know if the lawmakers have any idea if these bills will do what they wanted to do at the beginning of this session. They, they proposed, you know, dozens maybe of ideas at the beginning of the session in terms of bills to reshape the workforce development system, you know, whether that was directing corporate income tax revenue to specific training, whether that was, you know, doing a fifth year of high school, um, you know, to get people trained and pretty uh, relocation tax credits and pretty much none of those like big ideas really got anywhere. Um, the leadership, I think, going into it had, you know, uh, Brandon had mentioned that there were the low expectations. I think it uh, session, there was a seminar even before the, st the start of the session, uh, uh, sort of a preview, where the speaker was saying, you know, some of these things are pretty significant. Well, we don't want to deal with them in a 10-week short session. So they had sort of signaled that. But uh, I guess the one thing they did do by creating this, this new oversight panel is ensure that the federal money that comes in for that purpose you know, can be distributed uh, if they, they, they couldn't have done that, right? Yeah. That, well, we're still I mean, well, a lot <laughs> we of need a waiver they don't for that. Know. Okay. And, they well, and, and what they did was they gave the governor this really broad appointing power to that cabinet to, if the, if the federal government says, no, this thing you've created doesn't count, then he can just start mm -hmm. throwing a bunch of people on it until it does count. But the whole <laughs> idea of that, right? the it. whole idea of that was to like how have the cabinet that we have now to make it more, you know, um, streamlined, streamlined, and yes. Yeah. But if you're, if it's not going to pass muster of the federal government and they're going to have to put people on it, is it negating the point of it in the first place because it's just going to have the same amount of members and be unwieldy again? Well, and the irony, too, you mentioned that the manufacturers in some cases were saying it wasn't the right move, and yet it was designed from the outset to put more, to, to empower the employers uh, and have a greater role in, in the training. Uh, you know, we're going to give you the money so you can, in fact, train people the way you, too. right. But so it, I guess, you know, do you think you're going to get uh, support, maybe, uh, from the business community? And they, they wanted more, I guess, or perhaps guess. flight tweaks? I'll say this. Obviously, the big bill for me of the session was the one that allows auctioneers to take their continuing education classes online. <laughs> but in all seriousness, it doesn't affect... Oh, I, thought, I was with you on that. A, a, a I thought bill, that was, a bill that I was about to write that down, yeah. A bill that doesn't affect maybe Hoosiers on a broad level, but does affect a subset of Hoosiers really big, in a really big way is, is a bill that only happened the last couple of weeks of session which was something that was tacked on to an existing measure that was ensuring that uh, recipients of the federal immigration program known as DACA can get job licenses from the state's professional licensing agency. A recent reinterpretation, I guess, of state of a 2011 state immigration law said, we can't give these licenses out. At the agency out. level. They were right, saying the agency our hands level. are tied. We can't. They, can't. they can't give these licenses out. Well, nobody intended for that to be the case, I think, or at least... Most people didn't intend for that to be the case. And the governor's office and lawmakers worked very quickly. They did find urgency on that. They worked very quickly to rectify that situation. And while it doesn't affect a huge number of Hoosiers, it does affect some. And I think there's a broader issue if they hadn't gotten that done. 
the state was facing a real PR problem, which it has had enough of in the last few years. Right. That's, uh, and I think that would have been the bigger issue yes. there, perhaps, uh, as is often the case, the optics and the perception. What are we looking for this summer? We're almost out of time, but is, uh, are, we, are you going to get your front row seats? After the, after the special session is done, are you getting your you know, box seats for any particular study committee? or? Uh, oh, uh, get ready for the Alcohol Code Revision Commission again. Part, cold they're, they're beer. Not, not, cold beer. The sequel, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cold beer, all the stuff behind the scenes, wholesaling. I, th I thought this was going to come up this session, and it didn't. Never got a hearing committee. I think you might see some action in study committees on the question of sports gambling. By the time we hit the summer study committees, the Supreme Court will have ruled by June on whether that law banning sports gambling in the states is invalid. If, as expected, they strike down that ban, that's going to be a debate in this state. The casinos want to do it. There are legislators who have introduced it. That's going to be what I'm watching. There were several measures, and we we're going to have to wrap up, that where lawmakers said we're waiting on the U.S. Supreme Court to, yeah. some, to, to decide some of these issues, uh, and it would be folly to go forward. So I guess those bills, or not bills, but those decisions that will be coming out of uh, the Supreme Court will probably have an even bigger impact than they might normally on, on legislative affairs. Thank you all very much for uh, being here. You can now go take your naps, well-deserved <laughs> naps, and, and uh, gear up for the yet, as yet un, undesignated day uh, in May, but presumably after the primary. Let's, oh, yes. let's, let's assume Definitely that. After that. Uh, thank you. Again, my guests have been Brandon Smith of Indiana Public Broadcasting and Indiana Week in Review. Nikki Kelly of the Fort Wayne Journal-Gazette, Eric Berman of WIBC Radio and Network Indiana, and Haley Colombo of the Indianapolis Business Journal. For more information, episode streams, and other extra content, visit us on the web at wfyi.org lawmakers. You can access live streaming coverage of the General Assembly on the Internet as well. And remember, you can get our show on demand from Xfinity. Well, that concludes another edition and another season of Indiana Lawmakers, the state's longest-running public affairs program. I'm John Schwannis, proud to be your host for the past two decades or so. And on behalf of WFYI Public Media, Indiana's other public broadcasting stations, commentator Ed Feigenbaum and producer Brad McQueen, I thank you for joining us, and I invite you to come on back in January for the start of the General Assembly's 2019 session and Indiana Lawmakers' 38th season. Until then... Take care. Purdue researchers are at the top edge of computer technology, 3D design using hand gestures, extending mobile battery life, leading through innovation and job creation. Purdue Research Foundation. Contact innovation at prf.org.